This is the covenant that I will make with them after the, those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. He also adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and in full assurance of faith that our hearts sprinkled clean from from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the the day approaching. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Bill, I trust you'll keep an eye on that weather and let us know if we... Okay. If it comes on again and you see it come and tell us and we'll head to the furnace room. John's story of the passion is markedly different from that of the other three Gospels. In John's account, Jesus seems supremely and even serenely in control. He presents himself for his arrest rather than waiting to be pointed out by Judas. He understands that this is his hour when God will glorify him. Even the timing is different. The other three Gospels have Jesus executed on the day of the Passover. Jesus and his disciples eat the Passover meal the evening before his arrest, and then he is crucified the next day, the feast day. But in John's Gospel, the Last Supper, which which John never narrates, happens the day before the day of preparation. Jesus dies at noon on the day before the Passover, at the exact hour when the lambs would be slaughtered in the temple for the meal that evening. John wants us to understand Jesus as the Passover lamb. Way back at the beginning of John's Gospel, John the Baptist saw Jesus walking along and said in the presence of two of his own disciples, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I think accidentally John's gospel has perpetrated a misunderstanding in the way we think of sin. We think of sin as bad acts, a score that God keeps of what we've done wrong. And because in our sinning we've injured God's glory, we must be punished. But God doesn't want to punish us and would rather pardon us, but can't do that without the injury being restored. Only a death will do, and so God substitutes his son for us. That kind of theology makes God into some sort of child molester. But the Passover lamb was never sacrificed instead of anyone. The Passover lamb was sacrificed to provide a meal. St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us, therefore let us keep the feast. We say it at nearly every Eucharist. It's about the meal. So what about the blood? At the Passover, the Hebrews were to take the blood of the lamb and smear it on the lintel of the door. 
so that the avenging angel would pass by them, pass over them. To redeem his people, God had to work the destruction of the Egyptians, another theology I don't like. And in order to recognize his own people, God needed some kind of sign, so the blood would do it. In the great sacrifice on the Day of Atonement, the high priest entered the Holy of Holies, sprinkled the mercy seat with the blood of a goat, came out and sprinkled the people with the blood of the goat. The blood reminded God of God's kinship with God's people. The meal made one people of all who ate it. We usually think of circumcision as what a person had to do to become Jewish, but in the understanding of the time of Jesus, if someone wanted to convert, what he had to do was to eat the Passover. And to eat the Passover, he had to be circumcised eight days at least before the Passover, and then bathe, and then eat the Passover. Circumcision was simply a requirement to eat the meal. It wasn't what made one Jewish. A woman needed only to bathe and eat the Passover to be Jewish. So when John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not the sins of the world. The sin of the world. What is the world's sin? It's whatever keeps us apart. Remember the story of the man born blind? The disciples asked, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus replied that it's not about sin, but about revealing the glory of God. In the middle of the story, the man gets kicked out of the synagogue. There's the sin. The Pharisees claim to see, but are blind. Sin is what divides Jew from Greek, Hebrew from Egyptian, slave from free, and marks some for destruction. It's the Passover meal that unites, and Jesus is the Passover lamb. His death is not about dying in our place, but about becoming the feast that unites us. After feeding the multitude in the desert, Jesus says, Whoever eats my flesh will have eternal life, will live in this new reality that doesn't keep one separate from another. Even on the cross, Jesus is creating community, commending his mother to the care of the beloved disciple. Remember the story of the woman at the well, Jesus tells his disciple that he has food to eat that they know nothing about, the food of doing the works of his Father, uniting Samaritan and Jew, bringing Gentiles into the mix as well. At the festival, just before the Last Supper, some Greeks come to Philip and want to see Jesus. Philip goes to Andrew, and Andrew goes to Jesus. Andrew was the one who found the five loaves for Jesus to break and says, there are some Greeks here who want to see you. Jesus replies, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it provides much fruit, fruit which all can eat. Jesus' hour has come at exactly the hour the Passover lambs are dying, in order that he can become the feast that unites us all. The author of the letter to the Hebrews says that Jesus has entered into the presence of God with his own blood, the blood of the word made flesh, so that our kinship with God is established in the blood of Jesus. Christ, our Passover, is indeed sacrificed for us 
so that tomorrow we can keep the feast that unites the whole cosmos with God and each other. Amen.